Hi, and welcome to the ACC Now podcast, episode nine. This is C.L. Brown, the North Carolina beat writer, and I am joined with Luke DeCock, your N&O columnist. How are you doing today, Luke? I'm good, C.L. I, I saw Wake Forest's arena full again last night, and it warmed my ACC heart. An amazing feeling. <laughs> I, I tell you, I used to live down the street from the Coliseum. In Is that right? Salem. Yeah, yeah. I did not saw, know that. Saw many a game, Muggsy Bogues. Uh, I I generally would go for the opponent, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I wasn't. I was a Maryland fan, so you know, um, wasn't wasn't huge Wake Forest fan, but it was always fun. And and I think back, I was always amazed to how. I'm already starting this podcast just going off on the side trip, but um, I was always amazed how, I don't want to I guess lax the security was, especially when I think of today's time. Like, sure. I remember like being back in the back with the teams when they were leaving, <laughs> you know, I got, uh, as, as a little kid, I got like autographs. I, I used to have, I didn't have any paper. I remember this one time. I got Derek Lewis to sign a dollar bill that I had. <laughs> it was crazy. I was just hanging out back there with everybody. But anyway, I guess they figured a kid couldn't do any harm. And so I get I'm look what look what that. happened to you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I would say this. Like I covered games there in some of the glory days. I was too late for Tim Duncan. My brother was actually there for a year when Tim Duncan was there. Uh but it was just like last night to see like the tie dye back and the student section full and the ah, man, they had the PA crank to 11. Like it was actually, I, I know this is like old man stuff, but it was painfully <laughs> loud, uh, but they didn't need it because the crowd, you know, I can understand how in recent years they've had to fill the void, but the crowd was great. The yeah. students were spilled into the upper deck like they used to. And like, you felt like, you know, Josh Howard or Justin Gray or Eric Williams is going to stick their head around the corner and, you know, come running out onto the court. It felt like that again, you know, yeah, like, awesome. like the Skip Prosser era and Dave Odom yeah. and all of that. And it was, it's cool. The ACC, like Georgia Tech winning the title last year, the ACC needs programs like Virginia, which was bad for a long time and Wake yeah. and Georgia Tech to be good. You and I both know that it's a better league when there's more than two or three teams. And so hopefully Steve Forbes has, has Wake going upward, but that's not what we were going to talk about today. Well, that's actually a good segue because you know, I think uh, we're, we're going to break the ACC down into tiers. And I think that uh, to your point about Wake Forest, Georgia Tech, the league itself being better when those teams are good. Um, I, I, I think that's going to be reflective in how well, I, I haven't we haven't looked at each other where we have our, our teams ranked in these tiers. We haven't done that yet. But I, I do think, <laughs> at least in mine, it'll be reflected. In in how uh, just how down this league is this year, and you can kind of see if if certain teams were in higher tiers, then there would be more ranked teams than just Duke right now, and there would be a bigger buzz about the league nationally. Instead, what we're talking about more often than not is just how many teams are going to get NCAA bids because it's not like there are a bunch of great wins, a bunch of. Uh, from the NCAA net formula, like a bunch of quad one wins just hanging out there and a team can rack up. So um, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. So you broke it down into five tiers. We have, I have the have, I have and five the have tiers. nots. Well, you know I have, what, as I was doing it, I did five tiers as well. 
because I, it, <laughs> there's separation at the bottom. There's, I think there are some, there, yeah, yeah, I was going to do four tiers and then I realized that was unfair to five teams uh, that were going to get lumped in. So yeah, so I, I ended up with five tiers. And yeah, I mean, it's almost, it's, it's, it's grim out there when you think of trying to, trying to conjure up NCAA tournament bids. I mean, I think we, we were worried at one point, we being the sort of entire ACC gestalt, that this might be a three-bid year and same as like the West Coast Conference. I, I think there's enough meat on these bones for four. I don't know if anyone's getting to five short of kind of a lot of teams posting a win at Duke like Miami. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I, I don't, I, I think four is probably going to be the number when you start to project this stuff out. But I think you and I would agree that the first tier, uh, the cheese stands alone and that that is Duke. Man, I was hoping that I was being radical here. Yeah. <laughs> and nobody is, nobody, nobody is on Duke's level. Nobody. <laughs> Especially when, I mean, they play the way they played last night. They just had a Oof. gear that Wake Forest could not match. And, um, it, you know, I think that Miami loss was coming off of the, the, you know, they had been in pause. The program had been on pause because of uh, uh, some COVID positives. So this is what Duke looks like when <laughs> they've been able to play and they have that continuity. And I just I don't see any other team right now being able to match that. No, and you could see it coming out of that COVID pause. The game they beat Georgia Tech was one of the ugliest basketball games I've seen this year. I mean, there's neither team had any flow or continuity. I mean, the best part of that game was Josh Pastner's post-game press conference where he said he wanted to live to 120 and they wanted to bring Bobby Kremins. And I asked him what he had, what he did with last year's Space Shield. I mean, that was the that was the most entertaining part of all that. Also, Michael DeVoe and Kay getting into it. That was oh, yeah, entertaining, yeah. too. Uh, yeah. The second time this year, an opposing player has had to apologize for talking smack to Kay. You know, you, <laughs> you know when there's a changing of the guard coming, everyone's going to take their shots. Indeed. Uh, it's not quite as fearsome as it used to be. Yes, I am with you 100%. And I think what you also saw last night from Duke was a healthier, I don't think he's ever going to be healthy, A.J. Griffin mm. uh, in the starting lineup. They're bigger. Yeah. And he's and he's there. Like, Bancaro, to me, is their best player. Wendell Moore kind of keeps everything together. But to me, Griffin's their most dangerous player because if you get him in the wrong matchup, he will just eat your lunch and go to the rim on you. You know, Bancaro is... He's a terrific player. He makes NBA shots, but he's also not, you don't worry about him in an ISO at the top of the key. Like yeah. he's more likely just to step back and shoot there. AJ Griffin can do nine different things in that position. And you yeah. saw that as he gets healthier, you know, he, he missed basically two years of high school. He had the knee injury early this year. It's going to be a progression for him, but his ceiling is so high and Duke's ceiling with him playing that way. Um, you know, and, and honestly, like you put him in the starting lineup. You take Jeremy Roach out. I, nothing against Jeremy Roach. I think he's a useful ACC player. But when you compare him to like Trevor Keels or AJ Griffin mm -hmm. or Wendell Moore, even like the body type is just jarring. Like we're talking yeah. about men. Yeah. Uh, and and I think Duke just they big band Wake last night. They just kicked him around like a little brother, and that was it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think they're going to do a lot of teams like that. But going back a second, though. Um, Coach K's gift to the league this year could be allowing a couple of more, having a couple more losses in Cameron to boost up other resumes. <laughs> that 
that could be. If he really fourth. cares about the league, Seattle. Yes. If he really cares about the league, he'll let Carolina win in Cameron in that last game <laughs> to get UNC off the seven line and onto the six line. He really cares about the <laughs> league. Cared. Yes. Well, Duke is all alone. So now we we're getting into the teeth now. Yeah. We step this is back. It's interesting. The second tier. For the second tier, I have Carolina, Miami. Florida State and Notre Dame. Those last two might be, you know, <laughs> they might be teams that fluctuate and drop back down. But right now, I feel like Notre Dame is playing as well as, as any team in the league. Well, <laughs> take Duke out of any that other equation. team in the league. Yes, any yes. other team in the league. They finally clicked. I mean, I, I this is what I thought they would be at the beginning of the year. Um, you know, before they had some setbacks here, and and they didn't really. That the the Boston College loss was a bad loss, but yes. you know they they lost to some legitimate teams. You know St. Mary's, uh, uh, Texas A and M, Illinois, um, uh, Indiana. I thought they should have won that game, but you know they they lost to some legitimate people. But they they're a veteran group that you know they know how to play together. They play well together. It seems like they always make the right pass on offense. They can shoot the daylights out of the ball. Um, as Carolina found out <laughs> when they gave up 13 three-pointers. And this Blake Wesley kid, freshman that they have, 6'5", uh, guard forward, is, is to me has been sensational this year. So um, I think they are trending upwards, and um, I, th I think they're firmly in that second tier. I couldn't agree with you more on Notre Dame. That's one of the three teams we agree on. Uh, everything you just said, plus – classic Mike Bray, get old and stay old team. That entire yeah. team is 29 years old. They've all actually <laughs> been quietly playing in, in the Pakistan league when nobody has been paying attention. <laughs> I, it, 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 it's a classic Notre Dame. I was shocked that they didn't win more of those non-conference games because I really thought they would come out of the gate rolling. Yeah. Uh, they didn't, but th they are now. Uh, agree on UNC, and you and I talked about that. If you want to hear us talk about UNC, uh, go look on our website. CL and I did a video after the Virginia win. Uh, that kind of breaks down sort of where UNC fits in the league. I don't think we need to belabor that point. I also think it's pretty obvious at this point. I mean, I would argue UNC is going to end up is talent-wise, everything-wise, is the second-best team. I think there's some other teams that are a little hotter right now, maybe, like Miami. You know, we're kind of seeing Miami fully healthy. This looks more like the kind of team you expect from Jim Laranaga. Um, obviously, Wong is terrific. Sam Wardenberg may be the best passing big man in the league. I can't imagine what Roy Williams thinks watching Sam Wardenberg because hmm. that's like classic Roy Williams passing big man in that respect. Um, and obviously, Charlie Moore. Uh, we talk about Alondis Williams at Wake. Charlie Moore may be even more of an impact transfer in this league. I mean, yeah. just walking in the door, maybe the best point guard in the league. Uh, and Cam McGusty, who with all those other parts healthy around him, is back to being the player we kind of thought he was. So we're on the same page on three of those. Uh, instead of FSU, and we can circle back to the Seminoles in a second, because I have I have them. <laughs> they're not in my next tier. Um, so we're going to have to have some sort of discussion <laughs> about that. Okay. Uh, I still have Virginia Tech in that group, which I know mm. is crazy when you look at their record. But when you look at what they did in non-conference, you look at the way the Hokies can shoot the ball. They've had some tough losses. There's no excuse for losing at home to NC State. Uh, they haven't really hit their, hit their stride yet, but I really feel like when you look at the, the coaching and the talent and Aline and Mutz and, and, and the other players on that team, when, by the time we get to March, 
Virginia Tech is still going to have a decent chance, given how soft the middle of this league is, of of playing, if not Thursday, then then Wednesday. Like I really feel like Virginia Tech's going to be coming in in that top four to eight group uh, at the end. I don't think you're going to see Virginia Tech playing on Tuesday. I I, I would be shocked. I think Virginia Tech's going to beat some people. I think what you're looking at is kind of a weird skewed sample and some bad performances. And that everyone's going to be saying how the talking about how the Hokies, you know, oh, they turned it around or what changed the Hokies. I really don't think the answer is going to be anything. I think we're they're going to end up whatever, eleven and nine, which given their record now wouldn't be all that bad. Uh, so that's my second tier. Those are my. I, I ended up with four teams just like you. The difference I have the Hokies, you have Florida State, and I do not have Florida State in my third tier, which for me is Wake Forest, Clemson, and Virginia. Okay, I, I I have Wake Forest and Virginia. I agree with you on that. Those two, I have Virginia Tech on that third tier. Yeah, um, and I think that's fair. Yeah the the thing about the thing about it is though, even though I feel like they have the team that can get over this hump, just mentally, when you're sitting at zero and four in the league right now, you don't know if how that's going to impact the guys. Like yeah. you don't know if it's going to make them feel sorry for themselves and the season is just going to tank from here or if they will be able to kind of get it together and rally. And, and I, I, I know one thing they, they're going to be a tough out and, and I hope teams aren't looking at their record like, Oh, we're going to win this game. Let's look ahead because you know, that's not going to happen. And even the games that they've lost uh, with that loss to Wake Forest at home that I still can't really fully explain <laughs> losing by 19 at home. To Wake Forest, um, they played tight games. I mean, that Virginia yeah. game, they had two shots, two good looks at the buzzer right before the buzzer, uh, three pointers that would have won that game last night. And, uh, you know, they missed both shots. And, you know, that state game came down to the wire as well. Um, and they played Duke, you know, relatively tough. Uh, I know it was 11 point loss, but, you know, they were, they it was were closer in that than game. that. Yeah. 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 So, uh, so yeah, we, we, we agree that they're definitely, uh, a, a team that's better than their record. Um, but uh, uh, you said Virginia and Wake Forest also in that third. And line. I had Clemson. And Clemson. Clemson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Clemson, I bumped down to, to the fourth tier, mainly because I, I can't really figure them out. <laughs> but, but I feel like that's, that's what this league is right now. You know, yeah. um, uh, they could, maybe they could be in that third, tier um uh, you know i i don't know any given night i guess uh with these yeah. guys i just don't well, i don't trust clemson and and i'll say this again for louisville when we end up talking about them yeah i don't trust them uh offensively like i don't know that they can always the score enough yes yeah to, to in, win. The, in the in the last in the last second i yeah i think that's fair and honestly i probably would have put wake forest on that second tier if i hadn't just seen him get run last night Oh yeah, because <laughs> I think when you look at Wake, Williams is terrific. You know, Jake Laravia was in foul trouble last night. It really threw off Wake's rotations. In fact, you know, we didn't talk about this much anybody after the game. But when you look at that twenty-two run Duke went on over halftime, oh, that started with Laravia on the bench first with two and then three fouls. Oh, yeah, and in the first half, and so you know, Wake or, uh, just got kind of off its off its rotation and never got back on it, and. Uh, <laughs> With with Alonis Williams talking SmackDown fourteen at that point, Duke was just out for blood. I mean, they were taking they were taking names in the second half. 
So, you know, they were not letting up at all. Plus, I think they wanted to show everybody that they could win without uh, without K. Oh, yeah. yeah. So there was so. So, yeah, I mean, and, and, and I, I share your concerns on Clemson. I feel like the one team that I, is is the definition of a third tier team in the ACC is Virginia, which yeah. is better than I think they looked in November. But clearly not your Virginia team of your uh, not Tony Bennett's best group. And that's an interesting segue to my fifth tier, which I or fourth tier, which I define as everybody else minus two. And and the reason I have Florida State in that tier is it just feels like such a huge drop off from what we've seen so consistently over the last few years from the Seminoles, from Leonard Hamilton. Um, I have who's going to take their shot issues with them. I, you know, they, they usually have that pipeline of third and fourth year guys who, you know, played because Leonard played 13, 14 guys, mm-hmm. you know, all season long. And those guys got to, it just doesn't feel like there's as many of those guys. You don't have that, ta- that depth of talent that we've come to expect from Florida state. There is talent there. I, mean, I think yeah. Osborne's good. Gray's good. I mean, there's guys, there's guys like that. Um, and Caleb Mills is an interesting piece as a transfer, but I don't feel like you have that sort of second wave of talent that comes in. And then sometimes in Florida state, like they're really good teams. There's a third wave of talent that comes off the bench that you actually have to deal with. Cause there's a, there's a five foot nine guard and there's a seven foot two center and they have, you know, they put weird combos out there. Well, you know, so, so yeah, I, I just feel like we don't have any of that with Florida state. So maybe I downgrade the Seminoles a hair there. The other teams in there, I you know, I mean, the God, the, the most blah Syracuse team in two decades. I mean, I, I'm sure they'll end blah up in the Sweet 16 the somehow. But you know, Louisville, they can defend, but man, they sometimes like L. Ellis, the kid from Durham, the JUCO transfer, either goes for 24 or he's over three in seven <laughs> minutes. Like, I mean, I, I honestly think Chris, even Chris Mack, doesn't know what he's doing with this team. Can't figure it out. Um, yeah, and. and- Man, there, there. It it looks like his leash is getting shorter <laughs> in Louisville. I'll say that it, it seems like the other coach would have been there. fired by now, given all the shenanigans that go on. But hey, it's Louisville, right? <laughs> it's, the, it's the ACC's, you know, drunken uncle who wanders in, <laughs> throws a bottle of booze on the Thanksgiving table on his fifth marriage, got hooked, in, got hitched in Vegas. You know, it's like it was a shotgun marriage. I'm not going to say anyone panicked, but. I mean, I think if everyone had it to do all over again, they might have gone with maybe gone with one fewer team for a hair after Maryland lost rather than jumping on the Louisville bandwagon. Uh, and NC State, I wrote about them this week. They've been in every game except the right yeah. state game, which yeah. defies all explanation. But it's not a great basketball team. It's not very deep. Obviously, they miss Manny Bates more than anything. Yeah. But they got talent. You know, the kids are all right. They're in it. They fight. Like, I, I think, I don't think that was BS from Kevin Keats this week. His team fights. Yeah. And they've made a lot of late game mistakes that have really hurt them out of mostly inexperience. Mm-hmm. And the plan was to have two sophomores and a freshman in the perimeter and Manny Bates standing under the rim, cleaning up their mistakes at both ends of the court. And they don't have that. And you're asking, you know, other guys who maybe aren't ready for the role to fill that role. I, I if Kevin Keats can keep this team together, which in 2022 is no given at any school. <laughs> exactly. You know, Terquavion Smith, Cam Hayes, obviously Darian Sebron. That's you in this ACC, in this era of the ACC, you get those kids to their seat, sophomore, uh, uh, junior and senior years. You know, you got something. 
you got you 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 you've got something. And and you know, I think there's still a chance. You know, Breon Pass can be a player maybe some days. Just need some time. I mean, I think there's some pieces there that they're out from under the NCA stuff, but it's just hard to watch right now at times. Yeah, yeah. I thought uh, Ernest Ross had a good night too yeah, coming off the Ernest bench Ross last night. Uh, I mean, think about this though. I mean, they are just a Matt Cross three pointer, you know, out of a timeout away from being three and three in the league. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, at two and four right now, but. That, that, that's the thing that I look at with that NC State team is the fact that they're still competing. Again, you have all the reasons in the world to um, to lay down, to, you know, have one foot out the door already on this season. But they they have been in every game, basically, um, shown a lot of fight. And, and I think that'll continue. Uh, going back to Florida State for a second, I, I give them the benefit kind of like when we were talking about Virginia Tech, because I felt like, you know, they, they lost Raquan Evans for a couple of games uh, uh, due to a family. Um, I believe his brother passed away unexpectedly. It, it was a family situation. Um, and, and, you know, they lost two of those games. He was away. Um, they had a big pause for COVID. They didn't play from De- December 15th until January 1st when they, when they, finally resumed playing state. Um, I just feel like there's been disruptions and they haven't totally got everything together, but I, I feel like it's coming. And, and so uh, I'm, I'm probably just giving Leonard Hamilton the benefit of doubt, maybe more than I should give a team, you know, <laughs> given the results that we've actually seen. But um, that's, that's why I had them in that second tier, yeah. just because I felt like they they are going to get it together. They will uh, get on a roll here. Uh, we're going to see, though, they have Duke next week on uh, on Tuesday uh, in Tallahassee. So we'll, yeah. we'll see if this is real or if it's just, you know, them getting by. So Well, and, um, and I think I said great earlier. I meant Evans. I got my Raekwons confused. Oh, yeah. In the, in the, in the heat of the moment. But you could have I mean, said the yeah, chef. To be, yes. To be fair... <laughs> Like there is talent, like Anthony Polite's the kind of player I was talking about, you know, who's kind of come up through the system. And, and, you know, I think there's a lot to like about Matthew Cleveland, Uh, you know, so he may not be the sort of Florida State freshman in sort of the Jonathan Isaac or Scotty Barnes mold, Mm -hmm. but, you know, he's contributing, um, coming in, coming in and contributing. So I, I mean, I think you get, as you get to this level, these teams that, that I have on the fourth tier, you have in the fourth tier, like Georgia Tech are capable of rising up. Uh, they're just kind of there. It's just such a soft middle. There's probably not a very large difference between the the third and fourth tiers as we've laid out. And and yeah, you like you could make an argument, honestly, that that Florida State and Notre Dame and Virginia Tech, uh, you know, all of them deserve to be in that second tier. Uh, maybe even Wake. I mean, am I penali- overly penalizing Wake for one? game where they got blown out by the not blown out even but beaten at home by the best team in the league uh i mean i think that's a fair question too let's skip to the last tier and then we can circle back if we want i I don't think there's any question that bc and Pitt kind of are there at the bottom i will say this i've seen Pitt. i've seen more Pitt basketball in the last kind of 10 days than i ever thought i would in my life just by (laughs) happenstance they're there may be a separation of tiers there. 
like Pitt and BC may be on different levels because oh yeah, like you look at they they've got some big guys. They got some guys who can play like Jamarius Burton's kind of healthy now, and he's the he is the guy they go to when they need a bucket. And they you know they've got Odakala. I mean they've got there there's some there there that I don't think we could see at the start of the season. Yeah. Um, you know they they've got size. Um, they they they're the effort is kind of there, and obviously they didn't look good at, 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 against Syracuse the other night, but you know. Uh, I don't think they're as bad as they looked in November when they were losing to, you know, the Citadel and UMBC and, yeah. um, you know, King Rice and Monmouth. And you had a, a terrific story this weekend about King Rice and sort of his personal uh, struggles and turnaround and 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 where how he's sort of changed his life. Anyway, that, not to get distracted there, but <laughs> I, I'm not sure, Pitt. I don't know. I, I, I think you could make the argument that there is a little bit of separation between Pitt and BC. Yeah, well, if, if they had any luck <laughs> at all this season, um, you know, they lost by one at Virginia. They lost by one yeah. at Notre Dame. Um, they lost by three at Louisville. So, you know, you're talking five points. <laughs> they could they could easily be on the winning side uh, or winning record in the league right now. Um, so, it, it, again, I, I think there's something to be said for, quote unquote, bad teams that continue to fight and continue to, to plow through it. Um, maybe I'm just a sucker for that, but, <laughs> but I, I, I think it's going to be interesting at the end of the season to see Jeff Capel's status, um, you know, in Pittsburgh, if, if they will give him a, a break and, and allow him to continue another year, or if this is it. Um, I will say I, I was surprised just at how, you know, it, he may be the coach that was hurt most by the transfer portal um, because it seemed like he was building something mm -hmm. in terms of the talent he was getting there. And then poof, poof, they're gone. And, and he hadn't really gotten the traction that I thought he would have had, you know, by now in Pittsburgh. It, it, it totally. And you go back to, to 2018, 2019, he's got Xavier Johnson, Trey McGowan's Audis, Tony, uh, you know, I mean, that 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 was supposed to be the trio that, you know, yeah. was the foundation for Pittsburgh for the next whatever years. And then the next year he brings in Champagne, uh, whose name I never say right. So those four guys, you know, that that's enough to compete in the ACC, especially yeah. if you can keep them around for a couple of years. And it just it just never happened. I mean, that team in in 2020, whatever year it was, lost its last seven ACC games. I mean, they were 15 and nine, 16 and seven on February 8th, lost their last games, beat a terrible Wake Forest team. in in uh, I think that was what year it was, that was Greensboro maybe that year and, or Charlotte, and then lost to NC state um, in the tournament. But it just like, it, it, it kind of felt like that was the year it was all going to happen. Yeah. And it just, yeah. it just didn't, it just didn't. And you know that, that I'm, I'm as baffled as you are. I really thought he had it going, and it just has not. Yeah, so yeah. we'll see. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. What's the what level of pressure is he under there? I like. Here's the flip side: if you're Pitt, who who are you going to get that's better? <laughs> that's a <laughs> that's a good question. I don't know that there's anybody necessarily in the pipeline um, who who would make sense there and would would be an upgrade. Um, Seems like you'd be taking a chance. But, 
mean, I if I'm the I mean, unless there, yeah, I don't. Sean Miller didn't get a show cause, right? Um, oh God, Sean, Sean, <laughs> hey, Sean and Archie, he's a pit guy. <laughs> I'm just throwing that out. He, there. It's it's true. It's true. It's true. <sighs> oh, I hope not. <laughs> If I pits AD, I think I probably would look at the situation, look at the overall lack of interest in pit basketball, and basically say, we're not going to gain anything by firing Jeff Cable. We saw him on the right track. You know, I think he does a really good job promoting the program. I mean, I think he sort of is a great representative and statesman sort of for Pitt. And, you know, when you look at go to ACC media days, like he's one of the people people want to talk to. Yeah. And that's an asset for a school like Pitt, as opposed to having someone like, you know, Jeff Dazdalek or whoever, where you, you know, no one, you're, you're just kind of a non-entity. I, I would, I, I would have a hard time pulling the trigger, especially with the progress that to me they're showing visibly this year. But I can also understand that this is a, it's a make or miss game. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Well, um, I think we have covered everything in terms of these tiers of the ACC, uh, which this year we could have that could be a play on words, and it's the T E A R S tiers <laughs> <laughs> because it's just isn't that's why you're ACC that's why you're an outstanding writer. <laughs> well, we will end it there, and hopefully, when we come back next week, we'll have some exciting wins to be talking about, and some some maybe somebody can join Duke on that first line. Well, it probably maybe. take longer than a week. But. Maybe not. <laughs> well, for Luke DeCock, I am CL Brown. Thank you for listening. 